Sound of Hockey episode 183, we're calling this one the Matty Beneers episode. Why are we calling it that, John? Well, in Matty Beneers' first game, he touched the puck 183 times, because I counted. <laughs> Is that, that's not true. You're making that up, are you? <laughs> Prove it. Prove okay. it. <laughs> okay. That's true. <laughs> All right. How many did he How many did he, did he touch it if it wasn't? I just said 183. Yeah, you I'm talking, me. I'm, I'm talking to Darren. No, it okay, could have been. Right. It could have been 183 times. We don't know. We can't confirm or deny. Uh, if only there were some sort of analytical <laughs> people out there um, that could help us look up how many times he touched the puck. Uh, but how he did about, touch how the... about we ask Allison to research it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm sure she'll appreciate that. I want to know how many times the puck was on a stick per zone <laughs> he... and what situation it was. <laughs> he did touch the puck <laughs> or why. Uh, a decent amount. And when he did, he looked poised and confident. We're going to talk about it quite a bit in this episode because um, that's been the talk of the town uh, this week. No question. Uh, but before we get there, we have some housekeeping to do. First off, no new reviews on Apple Podcasts this week. So what? after Topher Gro- Gopher uh, left us such a great review last week, I was disappointed to see uh, that nobody else came through this week. Um, and so here I am whining about it again, as uh, Alan <laughs> Sutliff once pointed out that he got tired of listening to me whine about not having reviews. So uh, leave your five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and we'll read it on the next show. Another piece of housekeeping, we launched a little YouTube channel uh, this week. So you can subscribe to Sound of Hockey on YouTube. So far, all that's there is a couple of Goalie Gear Corner videos, uh, including a brand new one that we just did with Chris Drieger. Brand new. Just came out like a couple days ago. Uh, uh, talking about his, you know, more recent gear setup. Now, I do want to mention, I have a little bit of a, I don't want to call it a bone to pick with Chris Drieger, but I was a little disappointed to find out that the, basically the day that I launched or posted that video, uh, he came out with a new mask. So <laughs> he could have let me know, right, that that was, that was coming down the uh, He didn't want to spoil it. He didn't want to spoil it. I guess. Now, to his defense, you did record it a while ago, right? Yeah, yeah. And it took me a little while to get around to uh, finishing the editing. So that's, that's a good point. Um, I can't really put that all on him. That's, that's partially on me. But I mean, if I had known that there was a new mask coming, I might have held off on uh, the recording. But nonetheless, it is a great video. I think you guys are going to like it. So give it a watch. Subscribe on YouTube. Very cool. I love Um, this. We don't have any like real plans right now for the YouTube channel, but I think we'll just kind of put things up there periodically. So uh, if you subscribe, uh, you will not miss anything. Just uh, just check it out whenever we we throw stuff up there. So uh, one other piece of housekeeping, we wanted to circle back on the Joey interview from last week, Joey Decord, uh, because when we spoke to him, you might remember from that episode that we didn't actually like we, we recorded the episode first and then talked to him the following day. So we didn't have like an opportunity to kind of go back and recap. Um, I just wanted to point out that first off, Joey Decord is the man. I love him so much and it was so great to talk to him again and he makes me laugh and I've listened to the episode since then and I'm like, this guy is just, he's awesome. He's so great to talk to. I uh, couldn't agree more and clearly based on the feedback we got, people continue like to it. love Joey Decord. Uh, I mean, I, you know, I run into people at the rink and they're like, oh my God, that was so incredible. Yeah. He's the best. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, he, I mean, he was I'm going to root for that guy no matter where he is, whatever. Unless he's playing against Kraken in a future <laughs> team, but yeah, for the most part, man, I'm rooting for that guy. He wasn't 100 percent accurate on his Tiger Woods prediction. Mm, that's true. He, yeah, Tiger Woods did not uh, did not win the was Masters. Not, but well, I don't. I don't the think the nail the prediction gun. He said he was. was 
Yeah, I don't think the prediction was he's going to win. I it think was he that says, he had a chance to win. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. He didn't really, though. Well, he entered. Therefore, he's got a chance. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. Mathematically, a chance exists. A small chance is a, is still a chance. Yeah. And yeah. for yeah, for Tiger Woods, it's probably a better chance than for most. So, uh, But also, uh, he did kind of lead us on uh, interesting little wild goose chase there at the end of us. the episode. Yeah, me, I guess. He led me on a wild <laughs> goose chase, uh, trying to figure out what he had changed on his paths. Uh, he did eventually tell us kind of off the record, so I didn't figure it out myself. But I have learned now uh, what he changed with his pads. So he did the exact same thing that Philip Grubauer did earlier this year. And actually, Philip Grubauer apparently got the idea from him, which was to have True make the previous pads. And by True, I guess it's Lefebvre that makes the pads. Make the make the pads that he had the year before, which were previously branded as CCM. So he's got the old model of pads uh, that Lefebvre used to make. They made some changes. He said he put them on. The balance felt way more comfortable on the older uh, version. So he went to Lefebvre slash True, asked them to kind of remake the pads that he had the previous year, but with the same aesthetics and look and colors and everything. So that's why they don't necessarily look all that different, um, but it is a new set of pads from what we uh, talked to him about earlier in the season. So uh, there you go. So that is the thing that he changed. I love how distraught you were when when he said, oh, if you're really paying attention you'll notice a change and you're like what you were like devastated to know that you didn't realize it what i thought was funny is before we recorded darren you were telling us i'm not going to ask him a goalie gear corner because he hasn't changed any of his gear yeah Yeah. he's like oh i changed it so anyway joey decord he's the best thank you uh let's talk about the latest cracking game since the last time that we spoke to all of you uh it's been a little up and down the first game was a 4-1 loss in st louis which was not the most inspiring game. I thought the Kraken did some good things, honestly, um, but they just couldn't generate anything offensively against a good Blues team. Jordan Everly had the only goal that night. Following night, they go to Chicago, and they looked really, really good that night. Now, granted, Chicago is not very good, and they've been on quite the skid here lately. So uh, I don't know if you can put too much weight in the victory, but a win is a win, and they looked really good. Uh, they got a 2-0 win, Grubauer's second shutout of the season. Uh, I do want to say that night, Alex Wenberg had perhaps the goal of the year. It was uh, it was a real beauty. Yeah, and it almost stood up as the only goal they needed. Uh, they got a late goal, I believe, from Everly. But yeah, that was that was one of his better goals. Like It was like one on three. Yeah. You know, I know, I know Wenberg hasn't really put up the goals that maybe – his numbers had last year, but we kind of expected that because that's not, he Mm -hmm. he had a high shooting percentage last year and we knew he wasn't that much of a goal scorer, but I love watching him handle the puck. Yeah. Right. Um, so much, right. Like he protects, he protects the puck so well, his work on the boards and just, it's so much fun. That's, that has been one of my like subtle highlights of the years, just kind of watching him with the puck. Um, so if you haven't really kind of, keyed in on that just keep an eye on him when he's got the puck it's just really fun to watch that goal was kind of a a testament to the kind of those skills that he has so i i loved it he does some sneaky things with the puck no question i've seen have you noticed him like kicking the puck to players you asked him about the kicking right i I did yeah you said he he grew up playing soccer and he's like i don't know some some with his his foot eye coordination is really good so um but that goal i mean that was fantastic he walked in uh, Jake McCabe was the defender, and he somehow got McCabe to freeze and then just dance around him. And it seriously looked like he was skating around a cone. Like yeah, McCabe yeah. just 
completely bit it hit, like like hook line and sinker uh Wenberg skates in then he does basically the same thing to Lincoln and gets him going the other way uh just fakes him out of his jock so uh very very nice goal one of the nicer goals that the Kraken have scored this season uh, at least from like an individual effort standpoint uh then the following game at home this was my last game away due to COVID protocols I am doing much better now thank you so much for your concern uh of which I have gotten very little Oh, are you saying from from <laughs> listeners or from me? Because I've asked a couple times. You have. I, I meant from listeners, okay. but okay, no, right, it's okay. Right, right. It's okay. I don't. I don't need anything like that. I don't need any sympathy. It's all good. I'm doing great. Uh, but they, the Flames, beat the Kraken four to one, and. You know, Seattle was in the game that night, and maybe you guys can talk to it a little bit more because you were both in attendance. But um, to me, I thought that it was just kind of the the Markstrom show down the like down the stretch of that game, and I I thought the Kraken had a chance to really get back in and and take that thing over. Um, but Markstrom stood tall when it mattered most. Hackstall said that the Markstrom was the difference. You don't normally hear him or coaches really like just call out another player on their team. But, but I thought that was interesting. The first period, I thought the, the Kraken were great. It was one, one until the very end, there was a delayed penalty call and, uh, the flame scored on the delayed call with like seven, eight seconds left. I forget what exactly what it was. And I asked Haxall about that. And, and he said something interesting. He said that he thought that goal slapped him in the face a little bit. It took him a while to recover well into the second period from that. So big goal for Calgary it was, uh, it, it, he didn't like the goal. He said it was easy goal for them, but, that was a big turning point in that game. Uh, and then tonight, we're recording on Tuesday, fresh off of a pretty downright painful 5-3 to three loss yeah. to the Flames. Uh, man, that's that's an organic loss right there. So this is like <laughs> the second of not really back-to-backs, but they played this little home-and-home home series uh, against the Flames. So they went into the third period with a 3-1 to one lead tonight, and the Flames came back, scored four unanswered goals. Matthew Kachuk had a hat trick in the game, including uh, an empty netter at the end. Johnny Gaudreau scored his 100th point. Uh, and that was all she wrote. It was, uh, it was a very tough loss if you're truly rooting for Kraken wins. Obviously, you know, we've talked about this in the grand scheme of things. I think losing more often than they, than they win is probably for the best. But, uh, man, def- definitely a disappointing outcome tonight. No question about it. Yeah, it was. That third period, they started getting some penalty trouble. The two power play goals in the third period played a factor and just the, they just they just sunk all their all their uh, their you know their jump they had in the first two periods. They were great first two periods. They yeah, really controlled I, the play. I did feel like the I don't want to get too much into the calls against the Kraken, but mm-hmm. um, I didn't think the Dungle that his arm bar, right? Like trying to protect the puck, they they called it an elbow. You yeah. know, he had a straight arm. I don't know how soft. you can elbow el- elbow somebody with a straight arm, but <laughs> Considering like that's done all the time to protect the puck, right? Yeah. And it, it and you know I like Coleman and he kind of sold it with like throwing his head back, um, but I thought that was weak, and that directly leads to another uh, penalty against Gord on the kind of ensuing mm-hmm. four and four the ensuing faceoff. That that was a penalty, but in a, an instance it shouldn't be there because the first one shouldn't have happened. They should have still been on a power play, and then. Later, that led to the tying goal, the third yes. goal. There was a, a kind of blatant net. trip on against Dunn yes. that directly led to the goal. And Thank I'm like, you. <laughs> how, how is that going a, on? Right? Nobody like, showed a replay of it, but I, I swear he was tripped. He was like running in place at one point. <laughs> yeah, and it, like his leg was like lifted up half. like three feet off the ice. You're like, he what? loses the puck. Flames get it. They have that whole possession that they end up scoring on. Right, right. I don't, you know, I, I don't. 
I don't know that. I, I mean, I know refs aren't perfect, um, but I did think there were some bad breaks, if you mm-hmm. will, in that game. Uh, unfortunate. Can, and, you know, I guess we're going to talk about Beneers a bit because uh, that was obviously his first game. Yes. Uh, and before we get to that, uh, one last note on games, the Winnipeg Jets game for Wednesday. Uh, and this may, I mean, the time will probably pass by the time this is posted, but uh, they've postponed that game due to a blizzard that's about to hit Winnipeg. Apparently, they're supposed to get 30 inches of snow in Winnipeg uh, in the middle of April, which sounds like a that lot of like snow. A lot. It, yeah, yeah. it feels like a lot to me. <laughs> yeah, that feels like a lot for April. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Before we left practice on uh, whatever day it was. Monday, I said goodbye to Ben Guerrero, and I said, uh, good, hey, have a good trip. He said, yeah, well, the Winnipeg game is one we're worried about. This was Monday. He's like, we may not be able to fly out of Winnipeg. Mm. I said, well, that sounds fun, and then I left. And so they're, they're not going to have to worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what's really they're funny? Now. Yeah, you know what's really funny, though, is that now they've postponed the game until May 1st, which is after yeah. the end of the Kraken season, meaning that essentially they've extended the Kraken season by a few days. And I got to imagine, and I don't actually know this for sure. This is conjecture, but I got to imagine that a lot of those players had like trips all set up, you know, like for, I mean, the team's way out of it. So at some point you can start booking your, your golf vacations, your, vacation, your beach vacations yeah. or whatever. Time off. It's, it's unfortunate for, for those guys. Cause I'm sure they uh, had something planned for right after the, the end of the season, but thought that was a interesting little wrinkle there. Hey, you know what I realized is that we never actually introduced ourselves, so I'm going to go back and do that. Uh, This is Sound of Hockey. I am Darren Brown, at Darren Fun Brown, and also at Sound underscore Hockey on the Twitter, joined as always by Andy Ide. Hello, Andy. How's it going? I'm at Andy Ide on the Twitter. And John Barr. Hello, John. Hello, everybody. I'm NHL2Seattle on the Twitter. And we are coming to you from Seattle. We are remote for one more week. We just had some... Uh, logistical things tonight, but we'll try to get back in studio hopefully next week or I don't know soon. We'll get back in studio. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't have a car, so maybe I will next week. That's true. Uh, do you want to tell the listeners what happened to your car, Andy? Um, sure. It, okay. it, it's went out one morning and it was up on on blocks because somebody had stolen my catalytic converter. So in, it's in the shop. inside your garage. Of inside your my yeah, yeah, the garage of my where I live. Yeah, that got sucks. Video, they, got, they got it on videotape. Took them all five minutes, but but the videotape doesn't reveal anything as to who they are. So yeah, and it costs you how much? I like three grand oh. when it's all said and done. God, that is horrible, Andy. And I'm yeah. very very sorry that that happened to bunch you. A bunch of uh, thieving bastards out there. Yeah, that sucks. That absolutely sucks. And I am I am truly sorry that that happened. That's that's awful. It, also, it could be worse. It, I mean, sure, it could be worse, but uh, it could be something that you're just not dealing with also because there don't have to be <laughs> terrible people in the world who I actually, car. you know, your car is locked. You're in the garage. Like, I don't understand, right? Like, I assume yeah. that I'm putting my car in the garage. It's going to be safe. So uh, I, I am very sorry on your behalf that that happened. Uh, okay, let's get back to now that we've uh, expressed our sympathy for Andy, uh, of which I'm sure he'll get plenty <laughs> for that. I'm sure listeners will oh, really. Yeah, yeah come out of the woodwork to uh, feel bad for him. Uh, but we do need to talk a little bit more about Matty Beneers because he has, as we mentioned at the top of the show, been the talk of the town. And I mean that like pretty genuinely. And that's kind of been my takeaway from this whole thing is like, you know, sometimes you think, hey, is Seattle really a hockey town? I think it is. It seems like there's excitement around it. 
But then like there was real buzz and real excitement about the number two overall pick arriving in Seattle this week. And I thought it was very palpable. I don't know what you guys thought about it, but like that practice that we went to noted it was open to the public. Right. And there's been a lot of practices have been open to the public this season. But this one was like jam packed. Right. Like it was. I don't think fans were able to like find seats if they arrived late. Uh, if you looked up in the windows where the Kraken have their offices, all the employees had like gathered around the windows to try to catch a glimpse of Matty Beniers practicing. Um, there was like a nice cheer when he stepped on the ice. It was it was a pretty cool environment in there that day. There was uh, there was a lot of me- local media folks that I've never seen before yes. or all season. Yeah, and both Hackstall and uh, Ron Francis commented on that during their press Mm -hmm. conferences. They walked in, and Hackstall looks around, and he goes, oh, looks like you guys are all pretty excited about Game 73, (laughs) 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 which was awesome. Uh, And then uh, Francis comes in, and he goes, wow, this is more media than the NHL trade deadline, so... Um, that was that was good stuff. And, uh, you know, the, the kid is is bringing a lot of excitement and uh-huh. it worried me a little bit because, I mean, clearly, like he's a 19 year old kid. You know, you expect him to have some ups and downs and he's going to take some lumps here in the NHL. But man, first impression on Tuesday night in Calgary was pretty, pretty good. Well, for me, even before that, I thought I watched the practice. And I, I, you know, you, you expect him to be good. You've seen him. We've seen him play, you know, in Michigan and all this stuff. I was blown away by how good he looked in practice. I mean, he he might be the fastest player on the team already, but just the way he pushed the puck and just seemed confident and secure in what he was doing, and you know, he he set up a bunch of guys who fumbled the puck on a perfect pass. They probably weren't used to getting that good of a setup all year. But <laughs> <laughs> so I was excited, right? I'm like, wow, he looked really good. But you know, then I'm like, hey, it's practice, though, right? There's not nobody really trying to stop him. <laughs> so you know. So it's, he looked good. He looked fast. But then tonight, I was just blown away by how he looked uh, in, in that game tonight. You know, just all the same things. It was like in practice, like he was poised. Uh, the way he handles the puck, there was a, a thing in the in the second period. He came in and his line had extended shifts in the in the in the uh, op, offensive zone. They were cycling. He was stealing outlet passes, and I was just kind of blown away by how more more about his away from the puck play. You know, he got back and back checked. He made good plays in the defensive zone and. He, he looks like he's the real deal. And there, obviously there's a lot of ways to go. This is just one game and, you know, Calgary hadn't seen him yet. So people will scout him. But I, 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 I'm pretty, pretty confident in what we're going to see from him down the road. Yeah. Yeah. I loved what I saw in the in, in his first game. Right. He had the most minutes of all the centers. Uh, I loved seeing him on the power play. Uh, first power play, which is great because um, I don't like who they had in there before. Putting <laughs> 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 it so, nicely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that guy's still on the second power play. Yes, so I know. Um, anyway, uh, I loved it. And uh, you know, he he's he's buzzing a little bit. He looks pretty confident too. Wasn't taking long shifts, wasn't trying to yeah. do too much, but he was also still playing like a similar game. I remember seeing him play at Michigan, you know, so it wasn't like he was he was scared out there or 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 not taking chances, but he also wasn't doing anything super flashy. Uh loved it. You know, loved loved what I saw and um Trying to lower expectations, right? These things take time. I, I'm not expecting a whole lot uh, in year one and two, but uh, I, I love what I, you know, the, the building blocks are obviously there and uh, should be interesting to see him the rest of the way. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a couple home games, if you want to go check it, check them out, go check them out, you know, so you can watch them the whole shift, right? Because that's kind of fun. Like, TV is yeah. great, but seeing them live is going to be a lot mm-hmm. of fun too. Well, in the exactly 183 times that he touched the puck, <laughs> 
I was <laughs> impressed that it just seemed like he always was making the right decision with the puck too. Like he, yeah. you know, there were a couple times where he'd get it down in the offensive zone and he'd kind of look around, realize he had nobody with him and he'd just dump it down into the corner and go get a change. And you're like, yes, mm-hmm. perfect. Right. Like don't try yeah. to do too much yeah. with the puck. Uh, and then on the defensive side of the puck too, there were like three or four plays that he made that stood out to me as like, oh, that was a really good defensive read that he out, made yeah. there. Or to get a breakout going too. I thought there were a couple of times where he made some great passes, little passes. After that, after making the good defensive play, getting the puck, he would make a couple of really good passes to get the breakout going. I, I was impressed with those. And this is for a kid who, again, he's 19 years old. He's never played at this level before. He has, really doesn't have much of an idea of what's happening with the systems, probably. Um, and yet he seems to be making all the right plays. In And we're way overreacting to this because this is a very small sample size. It's one game. But... Yeah. You know, I think you kind of almost expect for a kid that's that young coming straight out of college. He literally was playing in college like five days ago. I think <laughs> you expect him to come in and kind of make mistakes and look to look a little bit confused out there, not quite know where to go. And that was not the case at all. I thought he was truly one of Seattle's better players tonight. Uh, he mm-hmm. had, I think, 17 plus minutes of ice time, yep. which is, I mean, that's Third a legit. amongst all the forwards. <laughs> that's a legitimate yeah. amount of ice time for yeah. a 19-year-old kid in his first game. So, and, uh, and, you know, you mentioned his power play time on that right half wall. He almost scored the tying goal there yeah. at the end. He yeah. had just yeah. an absolute yeah. laser. And we didn't even talk about his pass to Donato, I don't think, did we? I mean, no. <laughs> which set up the first goal, like what, five, 10 minutes into the game, just an absolute perfect pass. Unbelievable pass. Yeah. Beautiful. And you're like, okay, this kid, this kid gets it. This and is amazing. it was really that leading up to that goal or his assist, you know, he was in on the four check that made it challenging for Calgary to kind of get the puck out. Then he ends up kind of tracking the puck down like on one side of the ice and then skates it to the other side of the ice that, and then eventually passes it. It's the whole sequence, right? Yeah. Okay. We don't. And again, I, I we're hyping it up and we're definitely <laughs> overreacting, yeah. but you know, there's, there's a lot, a lot of, a lot of things to like in that first game. Mm-hmm. And, and one thing, you know, I did point out um, to you guys is that he did play in the Olympics. He did play in world championships last year. Um, so he's, he's played, beyond college if you will right he's played with with adults and pros before so there's something to be said about that um so i i guess maybe we shouldn't be too surprised that he he looks comfortable out there because he does yeah Yeah, i actually talked about the olympics on monday and how that he thought was a great primer for him because they were older players and it was faster and it was more physical and he took a lot away from that you know thinking about preparing for the for the nhl his nhl debut but um, you know, we, we talked about his ice time and stuff, but have you guys looked at his, uh, his underlying numbers from tonight? I have not. Like, like he had a Corsi of 57.89%. So when he's on the ice, the Kraken had almost 58% of all the shot attempts. Mm-hmm. That's pretty impressive. And then his, yeah. uh, uh, his, uh, expected goals uh, for the, so that's the, all, all the quality shots was 63.68. Wow. That's of all shot quality for this game. <laughs> That's not yeah. that's not bad. And I haven't looked up what his line did, but I have a feeling his lines numbers were pretty dominant too. Yeah. Yeah. He, I mean Everly hit a crossbar on a pass that he gave that he that he yeah. set up Everly on, so he could have had two assists. A couple other things that, that stand out, and I know we're talking about him a lot, um, for good reason. <laughs> it's, but, right. um, it's the only positive thing. No, I, <laughs> <laughs> no, I did but I, you know what I loved his uh his press <laughs> conference, you know, and you know he's 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 not the super natural or comfortable in front of the the microphone. You know he, he's he's kind of sticking to cliches, but one point he made, he's like, 
you know, at the end of the day, it's just hockey, right? Yeah. Like, basically, like, I know how to play hockey. Like, once I'm on the ice, I'm just playing hockey, which I can appreciate, right? His approach, right? He's not – that's kind of a testament to him not being afraid uh, and just kind of going for it and just playing hockey. And then I don't know if you saw the video that the Kraken released about <laughs> picking him up at the yeah. airport. Yeah. And I loved it because he was apparently in first class. <laughs> and they asked him, you know, you know, what do you want to eat? And he's like, uh – is this paid for? Yeah. Like he was like joking with the person that picked him up. Is this free? Lo- yeah. 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 Is, this, is this free? I love that so much because it tells you like, you know, he's probably not used to this kind of treatment and he's just like, he, you know, he's probably got some relatively humble uh, kind of mm. uh, background, which uh, I can appreciate. And uh, I, I, I just, I got a kick out of that. Right. 19 year old on first class doesn't yep. know that. I also thought it showed that he still has that kind of college mentality. Like, hey, I don't really have a lot of money. Is this food free? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're about to go sign an NHL contract. He literally <laughs> signed an NHL contract that's yeah, going to pay him almost $900,000 like, before his bonuses. Yeah. The yeah. money's probably not in your account yet, but <laughs> he's probably swinging a meal. John, I, I love the point you made about how he said it's just hockey. I really love that. Like, he said it a couple times, but I think the first time was when asked about how his first NHL practice went. He said, yeah. it was fun. he said it was weird that there were people there, but it was fun. And he said, uh, it's just hockey. And I, I yeah. thought, like, and I, and I didn't, you know, some people could hear that and say, oh, he's just not taking it seriously. But I don't think that's what it was. Oh, no. I think no. for him, it's just, it was a little bit of self-confidence, not cockiness, but confidence. That, yeah. Yeah, this is where I expected to be, <laughs> you know, so it's not a big deal. And he didn't play that way. He never once looked starry-eyed or nervous or no. intimidated. Yeah. I mean, he looked like he'd been with the team forever. Yeah. Yeah. I do like that at the end of the so at the end of the practice they all they get around the circle and stretch before they go off and do their own things and uh, usually they put a guy who's about to play a revenge game in the middle to kind of lead the stretches right, but they right. they all kind of forced him to do it uh, that on Monday like they were banging their sticks and getting him to go in there that was good to see that them kind of embracing him yep for sure yeah and uh, as long as we're talking about his confidence I really appreciated that he did his uh, rookie lap with no helmet on uh, yeah. tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Thought that was pretty good. Uh, also, his parents, who he uh, mentioned were going to be coming to the Calgary game, uh, did not make it. They apparently got stranded in Minneapolis, which is just a terrible place to get stranded. If yeah, you ask I me. know. <laughs> but um, disappointing, I'm sure. But uh, sounds like they'll they'll all be in uh, Seattle for his home debut. Which, John, I do have to uh, give credit where it's due. I feel like you predicted that his first home game was going to be against New Jersey way like, back when, a long time ago. So. Every now and then on this podcast, we know what we're talking about. And uh, I do want to say, like, we're talking like months and months and months ago uh, that we called out. We thought uh, Beneers would actually make his debut this season. Yeah. It all played yeah. out kind oh, of yeah. exactly yeah. how we expected. I think we were pretty confident halfway through the college year. And we're just like, yeah, there's no doubt. He's got nothing left to prove. Yeah. Right. Yeah, sure. It'd be nice to win a champion national championship. But those are hard to come by. And, you know, I guess we'll talk some college hockey in a bit. But um mm. I, I think, you know, Kent Johnson, Owen Power, we'll talk about them in a bit. But those guys left Michigan and all of a sudden, you know, the team's not as talented as it was. So yeah. um, one last thing that I got a kick out of at his press conference is that he was wearing his Michigan colored Nike shoes that he probably got for free from the yeah. team earlier on. I still was wearing those on Monday. For some reason, I got a little kick out of that. <laughs> That's great. Uh, oh, and my last takeaway from that practice is that Davy Jones, the team dog, was there, and he is <laughs> enormous now. He's mm-hmm. he's like a he's a dog. He's not a puppy anymore. They, he's a dog. They grow up fast. They, they grow up fast. Oh my god, so fast. he yeah. grows up so fast. 
uh, but he's still incredibly cute. So well done, Davey, <laughs> on your cuteness, uh, but please go back to being small. Uh, okay, we put out a call for some mailbag questions. We haven't done this in a while. Uh, and in fact, I think we've only done it like once in the history of the show, maybe, but we got some good questions. So here it is, uh, our, I guess, second ever, I think, uh, mailbag. Uh, so first question comes from Corey, Eric underscore C underscore K. He says thoughts on Borgen. Now that we have a good sample size of data and stats, gentlemen, what do you think? I think he's looking better and better the more he's playing. You know, I thought early season when he wasn't really getting consistent playing time, I, I thought he was turning it over a little bit uh, too much. Um, and now he's he's kind of getting more confident. He's kind of activating and, and jumping in the play. Sometimes I think he he's over-aggressive, but for the most part, I think this is what, you know, being that they're out of the playoffs, this is what they need to use the time for is give him some more reps to get him figure out the balance and and make sure he he knows what he can do at this level and and I'm I'm happy with what I see. Uh I don't I don't think um I mean it, obviously Giordano's better but um <laughs> I I think you know he's younger and he's you know he's 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 good. I I I'm I don't know. What do you guys think? I like him. I know early on I you know you looked at his analytics they were really good but the sample size was so small that you can yeah. wonder like is this real or is this just a product of a small sample size and i'm be honest i haven't looked lately but i think last time i looked he was still even after getting more playing time was still kind of putting up some pretty good you know possession numbers and defensive numbers so uh, obviously there's still the odd mistakes as john said and that that's you know a lot of youth he's, he doesn't have a whole lot of playing time you know not just in seattle but in buffalo before you know he only played what 10 games or something like that it, it wasn't very much so i think he's got a pretty good future um i like that he's getting playing time now um, and just looking at his numbers now, they are pretty good. His Corsi numbers are really strong, you know, over, way over, you know, not way over, but just 54%, just under under 54. Um, so he's doing some good things, you know. I think that's a tough position to play for a young guy, and um, I think he's taking advantage of the time. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think uh, my take on it is that he's going to be back next year. He's got another year left on his contract. Yeah. Clearly, the Kraken see something in him that they like, even though they didn't give him a ton of playing time for the first, what, three quarters, half of the season or whatever. But they kept him around. I mean, you think about all those times when um, it was like very clear that they had to wave somebody and they'd wave another forward, right? They'd wave. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Riley Shane got waved at one point to to keep Will Borgen around as an extra defenseman. So clearly there's Bastion. something that they like. Bastion. I think they. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. They lost Bastion. Uh, I think that there's, you know, there's something to be said about him being a right shot defenseman. Uh, I do wonder if Kale Flurry's emergence as a kind of reliable yeah. young right handed shot defenseman. Um, has any impact on Borgen's future. Um, I also kind of think that, you know, no matter what, like Borgen might end up back in kind of a similar situation next season, just mm. kind of, you know, in and out of the lineup, getting playing time when he can. Um, but uh, I do like the way that he's played. I'm just kind of trying to think about it sort of pragmatically about um, what's actually going to happen with, with a guy like him next season. Um, I have a feeling they're going to try to bolster their blue line a little bit this off season. So um, we'll yeah, see. But- I actually, I actually like the, the core group they have on defense now. The one thing I think they're missing is they don't really have, and, and I, I think Giordano was this earlier in his career. I don't think he was this, th- that this year. Is a is a real like puck mover, like yeah. a guy who can like lead a rush or you know get things going. They have a lot of solid two way defensemen, but not just that kind of you know. And Riker Evans, maybe they think he can be that. It's way too early to tell. But I think that's the one thing they're really missing on defense. Yeah. Well, and. I know, John. You've uh, you've been clamoring for a little clamoring for a little Klingberg uh, action. Clamoring for Kling. 
Clamor for Kling. Is that clinging? Clinging for Klingberg. Clinging for Klingberg. Well, I mean, I think I think Vin, they're looking to Vince Dunn to kind of fill that role. Yeah. Um, it wouldn't it wouldn't hurt to get another one. And I think I think Larson moves it better than he. You know, he's he he kind of plays a boring game, but he's actually pretty smooth and and kind of it looks effortless. And I think that kind of makes him look like he can't move that well, but I think he moves it pretty well for um, who he is. Yeah. Uh, but, but I think Vince Dunn's the guy to, to Andy's point, but I, but I do think Borgen can, can move the puck a little bit too. Um, and I think maybe that might be what they're hoping he develops into, but um, we'll, we'll see. Yep. Uh, we had two questions uh, from Chase Smith and Arun Guranathan. I hope I said that right. Arun Guranathan. Uh, <laughs> asking about Dave Haxall's future. Uh, and, I, you know, we don't really like to comment on this kind of stuff because, A, we talk to Dave Haxall very regularly and we like him. We think he's he's a super nice guy and all that. Um, I think just kind of looking at it pragmatically, though, like, if you really are expecting him to be shown the door after this season, I think that's that's not going to happen, in my opinion. I think nope. the way that the team has played here in the second half, especially after, you know, they literally traded away six regular players at the deadline, right? And the team has come out and they put out a good effort every single night. You know, he's he's clearly got them playing uh, at least with with that level of um, like there's tenacity, there's there's effort, there's resiliency. You know, they battle, right? Um, yeah. Even though they're way out of it, like they're not really playing for anything in the standings, you know. But these guys show up and they they do a good job in the ice. So um, to me, I think what has to happen is they have to um, really bolster the lineup first and give him a chance with. Um, I, with some I think, skill. Yeah, with yeah. some skill. You know, I think that's what was clearly missing this season. Uh, you know, early on, like they were in every game. You know, they could have won every single game, but they just never got that goal. Um, so I think you give them a chance with a little bit more skill up front. Um, now, I think if they go to the cap this offseason and, um, you know, and, and things still don't work out, say, halfway through the season next year, then then maybe things um, change a little bit, but as of right now, I think he's got he's got plenty of leash, and that's just that's just my thoughts on it. But um, I'm curious to to know what you guys think about it. I would think it would be ridiculous to fire a coach uh, mm-hmm. in the first year of an expansion team. Oh like, yeah, yeah. And to to think any other coach could do more with this roster. roster. Yeah, amen. You know, I mean, I I like I don't I don't want to slam the roster because um, you know that it is who they are. They it's an expansion team. They get theoretically the seventh to 10th best player on every team. Yeah. So you're not going to have a, a, a really good team. You're going to have some decent players, but you're not going to have some high end talent. And theoretically you're not going to have low end talent. Like I don't think they have like really awful guys, uh, but they just can't, you know, the big thing, the big thing after the draft was scoring. Yeah. Where's the scoring going to come from? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's exactly how it played out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the goalies kind of, you know, didn't play up to their probably standard and, and they would probably say the same thing. I don't think you can put that on Hackstall at all. But, you know, at the end of the day, he's going to take responsibility, but you got to give him more than more than a year. Now, one thing I will say, and it's kind of just iterating, like reiterating what, what you already said, uh, was the guys don't quit. Right. The fact that they're playing so hard and they're playing better now since the trade deadline with theoretically less talent, that's something to be said. They're still playing hard and they still want to play for this guy. So I I think, I mean, even if they add two high-end free agents next year, yes, the expectation should be more, but 
this team's not going to c- compete for a Stanley Cup next year, no matter what they do, right? I really don't see how that's that's going to happen. Hopefully, they're competing for a playoff spot. But this this team is a couple and maybe several players away from from being a serious contender. That's yeah. that's just my thought. Um, but you know, there is a there is a time where if it's not working, they might need to change it up. But that that's to me at the earliest halfway through the season, based on whatever they do this off season. Yeah. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more about, about the scene. You got to give them a chance with some talent. And, and, and I mean that by, when I say talent, I mean like higher end skilled players, finishers. They don't, what the, when I look at the team, I see a lot of guys who play hard and can do a lot of things, but they're really like the secondary troop of a team, right? They're like the support, the core of a team. They're, they're all kind of secondary players. They can give you some secondary scoring, but they don't have the, the next level up. They don't have any kind of skill players, any kind of finishers. And I mean, how many games do they like dominate the puck in possession and then just don't score? Yeah. You know, they, need, they need someone who can finish. And how many more of those games go the other way if they dominate a period and score two or three goals instead of, you know, going out of the period 0-0 or even behind? So for me on Hacksaw, I, the jury's out. I, I want to see him be able to coach a team that's got, you know, talent that can win, not, not necessarily the Stanley Cup right away, but can at least, you know, be playing important games at the end of the season. They're deep with depth. Yep. Ooh, yep. Very good, Darren. <laughs> uh, next question from Clinton Fowler, <laughs> three laps down. He says, what sort of Uh-oh. impact will Beneers have next season? How many points is he capable of scoring? Um, 125. 100, yeah, I'm going to go 150. <laughs> um, just to keep it reasonable, I'd say 150. Nice round number. <laughs> well, right now he's a point per game player, right? So at least eight <laughs> two. That's right. That is right. No, I don't know. I mean, look, if he plays the way that he played tonight every single night, uh, I think he will be a point per game player because he looked awesome uh, on Tuesday. But I don't know if that's totally re- realistic. I do think, I mean, first off, when you come in, everyone's talking about there's, you know, there's no pressure on you. You know, they're all trying so hard to take the pressure off. Just go out and play hockey, whatever. Um, I think as the season goes on, if he gets into a, you know, a little bit of a slump, I think you see that with rookies and with sophomores uh, that they start to start to struggle, squeeze the stick a little bit. So um, I would, I'm going to go. Here's a real estimate. I'm going to go with 48 points. <laughs> 48 points. That's my guess. So Andy. I was going to go in the mid fifties, like 56, 57. Okay. Um, yeah, obviously he is, he'll be, he'll be 19 still when the season starts next year, he'll turn 20, but you know, but he is, but then on the other side, he is a second round pick and, and just, we saw the skill this, these last couple of games and not second round, mean, number two not overall, second, round. Sorry, yeah. second overall is what I meant. So obviously th- there's a reason for that. And I think we've seen a little bit of that. We've seen that skill. We see how much better I thought just in one game, the whole team looked with him and at, at the top center position. And then everybody kind of falling down into place that I thought just one night they look better. So I think, I don't know if they're going to have him be the top center all year. It depends on what they do in free agency, who they, who they bring in, but I think he'll be a top six guy. They'll at least give him that shot. And I think he'll have some sort of impact. Just give them a, a little more skill. He might already have more skill than everybody else on the team. I don't know. It's only been one game, but uh, I think he projects that way anyway. And just, it's just a matter of how quickly that'll, that'll all come together for him. Yep. It's, it's funny. I think before his first game, I would have said, He's going to be on the third line, kind of, you know, third line center, which is great. Uh, lowers expectation, lowers his time on the ice just a little bit to kind of protect his minutes, as they say. Just said, you know, mm, you know, 40 points for the year, which is which would have been fine and totally in line with kind of expectation. So it's not mm-hmm. that big of a deal. But I mean, he did look like a he Kraken's <laughs> first line center, right? Yep. He really did. Uh, you know, and I, you know, like I think. Winberg's got a lot more skill in certain aspects of his game, so I'm not trying to say he's like 
you know, Veneers is better than everybody. He's also but, 10 years older. <laughs> right. No, yeah, obviously. Right. But so that's, that's something to remember, but I, you know, I, it's hard not to get a little more excited and expect a little bit more and have bigger expectations for next year. But, uh, I'm going to say under, so you said 48, maybe. Darren? Yeah. That sounds yeah. like a number I said. I think, I mean, that, I think that's a reasonable number. Um, and so I'm going to go under just to lower my own <laughs> okay. expectations. Okay. Yeah. One, one I didn't know I, I was that, setting a line there, but okay. One thing I think that everybody should, should not, I mean, I don't expect him to be the savior. Yeah. It's not like he's going to carry the team next year. I think that's just a little too early to expect that maybe down the line. That's what, that's what he ends up being. But in year one, I wouldn't, I hope they go bring another veteran scorer. So he's not the only one that they're looking to score. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to, speaking of that, I'm starting to walk back my big free agent signing desire. Cause I, I, still feel this team's a couple years away from doing that so they might not need to go uh All big in. game hunting if you will yeah but these guys only become available every once in a while yeah like it didn't you know panarin i i can think of when panarin was on the market and the rangers went after him mm-hmm. ranger rangers weren't ready to make a run but you know panarin's on the team now and they're starting they're to play, the, play better, the playoffs, so, yeah. yeah yep Alex Jarvis says mascot thoughts, when, and ideas. Uh, I, no, I don't have any thoughts on this. Nope, I have no idea when, and it's still Sigmund the Sea Monster. Yep, Sigmund Sea Monster. Uh, I I felt like I was starting to hear rumblings about it earlier this season, and those have just completely disappeared. So um, yep. I don't know if it's going to happen this season, actually, but uh, we will see. I would I would guess it's going to yep. be early next season. One, but uh, One of the minority that. owners teased it in December, like it was yeah. coming soon, and uh, guess what? Still not here. Not here. So, so well, I, I'm well, with you. Well, soon I don't is think a it... relative word. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, soon. Yeah, could mean anything. What, what's the context here? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think next year seems more reasonable at this point. Yeah. Nathan TK responded to that and said Bill Nighy might be available part time to don the Davy Jones costume. So he was the actor that played Davy Jones in the uh, in the movie. I think that's a very reasonable possibility. And yeah. By that, no bad ideas. Yeah. yeah by sure. that, I do not mean that it's a reasonable possibility. Uh, okay. <laughs> Gaby Lucas. Uh, she's got a she's got a long one here. It says. Oh. What's up with everyone clamoring for Seattle's new Bernies? I mean, they're great dogs and all, but I thought only humans were allowed to play hockey. And how does Davy Jones feel about being overshadowed? So that's a little wordplay there. That's a, I get it. Uh, Bernies, Beneers, do you get oh, it? Yeah. Uh, she says, JK, real question incoming. A lot of this roster uh, is guys who've gotten playing opportunities they hadn't had on past teams with higher top end talent that pushed them down the lineup. With Beneers here and Francis hopefully making an offseason move for more offense via a UFA, uh, which current Kraken players do you think could end up the odd man out next year, either traded, not resigned, or pushed down the lineup into a role they're poorly suited for and fizzling out? I can't help but feel like both Donnie and Donnie are candidates, especially Donato, since it seems to me like adding more offensive skill is essentially upgrading the role he plays now. And his game as a player in a lower line role might not translate well. I would get that, but be sad about it because he's been super fun to root for. Sorry for the long post. Thanks. First off, no apologies necessary. That was a lot of really great insight there, uh, Gaby. I think if I, you know, what's interesting, they traded so many guys away, right? Like there's a lot of roster spots that are essentially up for grabs. I did think it was interesting that Daniel Sprong got scratched tonight when Matty Beneers came in and they kept uh, Victor Rask in the lineup. To me, I don't personally see a future for Victor Rask with the team. Nope. I, the way that 
this is just my opinion, right? And I, I watched him a lot in Minnesota. But also, there is a connection uh, between Francis and him. The contract that he's on right now was signed by Ron Francis. So clearly, Ron Francis likes uh, that Victor Rask is a player. So I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. But um, he's a guy that I could see going. Uh, I could see, I mean, you know, the way that he talked about Sprong, too, when they got, the, got him in the trade, they're like, that was a player that they wanted us to take back. So... I don't know the way he came onto the scene and scored three goals in three games. It was like, okay, he's going to, he's going to play himself into a spot, but I don't know. Um, but then there's a lot of bubble guys, right? There's your, your Carson Kuhlman's, uh, who has really played himself into a, a solid role, which I think is pretty yep. awesome. Um, and clearly Hackstall absolutely loves him. He was just beaming about him the other day, uh, saying that he was, what did he say? He called him an everydayer, and that's the highest the epi- compliment I can pay to a player. I think the epitome of an everydayer. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so clearly he likes him, but yeah, I mean, you know, Donato and, and Donskoy, I don't think Donskoy is going anywhere cause he's got a pretty big contract and clearly he hasn't performed to, um, at least the offensive numbers that they're expecting from him. So I think he'll be here. Uh, Donato though, I mean, he's having a career year. He's got the most goals of his career and I think he's got the most yep. points as well. So, yep. you know, if he does move on, I think that would be disappointing. I think that this has been the best opportunity he's ever gotten. Um, and he's clearly proven that he can play on any line, you know, so mm-hmm. I don't see why you don't keep him around, um, especially because now, I mean, they literally opened up six full-time roster spots at the trade deadline. So, or I guess five, right. By, um, taking back Sprong, but, um, you know, I think there's a spot for a lot of these guys. It's just it's a matter of how many physical bodies do they add this offseason. I think Donato's going to make it. I think he's well-liked by the coaches and the team, and he's been productive. I think I think they'll qualify him. I don't I don't think I don't see Rath coming back, I, I, and I don't see Sprong coming back. Sheehan. Um, Sheehan's probably not going Sheehan's back. Sheehan's probably gone. Yeah, that's a good one. The, the Donskoy one's interesting because he does have a contract still, but do you try to move him? I mean, he's got a track record. He hasn't played. I mean, he hasn't scored here at all. He's not, he's not played well. He's done some good things on PK. Yeah, I, I think he's played better lately, but, yeah, it's been kind of underwhelming for sure. Yeah. Um, so maybe there, his name still has some cachet. I don't know. It's going to be a tough one. Well, and um, uh, I know we're talking about kind of forwards and offense, but, um, I mean, I, I don't think it's a stretch to think that one of the goalies would be traded and yeah. um, could be Chris Trieger uh, because he's easier to trade and kind of showcasing really well. And you can imagine a scenario where they package Drieger and Donskoy, maybe, or somebody right of that of that caliber, where they're trying to, you know, move a forward off, you know, and and hopefully it gets more the more return. But um, yeah, Donskoy, I mean, it, you know, he's he's fine a fourth liner. He's overpaid uh-huh. for a fourth liner, uh-huh. but um, you know, uh, he's still getting minutes, you know, and that's one thing that this team they have a lot of depth. Right. What was the expression you gave? They're deep with depth. Yeah. They're deep with depth. That that means they don't have a fourth line and they don't have a first line. Right. (laughs) They have a bunch of third liners. (laughs) And and the minutes, the minutes bear that out. Right. They don't have people that are playing under 10 minutes. They really don't. Um, That's a good point. So, I mean, I, I. Do we think Morgan Geeky's coming back? Man, that's a good question. I don't think he's, he's met the expectations, but he's still super young too. Like there's probably some yeah. Yeah. Young, yeah. time and patience for him to develop a little bit more. Cause he shows flashes every now and then. You but, see all the skill from him. Yeah. yeah. It, just, it just hasn't come together yet. Yep. 
Uh, man, great yeah. question, Gaby. That really got my yeah. uh, my wheels turning, and you gave some good insight there as well. Uh, Nathan TK, uh, who had the joke earlier, says, what are your quote-unquote dream prospects for the 2022 NHL draft, given oh. likely position at number one through five? Should Kraken be in the hunt for Wright, Cooley, beef up D with uh, Nemec, or reunite the Geeky Brothers, take a flyer on the Olympic monster from Finland, Slavkovsky? I think Slavkovsky is, is actually from Slovakia, though, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes, he's playing yeah. professionally in Finland, yeah. Uh, that's right. Uh, so Slavkovsky, I mean, man, he looked really, really good in those Olympics, and we knew that he was going to be a, a good a good pick. The thing that's tough about draft questions for me, and I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but like Beneers, I felt like I had a pretty good grasp on Beneers' game by the time he came to play for the Kraken because I was focused on him and I sought out games of his to try to watch him it's so hard to find opportunities to watch these guys play um when i mean we're not scouts so like we're not traveling around watching them but like the small sample sizes that i've seen from like now cooley i love his skill but man is he tiny so like if you're trying to find somebody who's going to be able to help you in the next year or two i think he's he's going to be a couple years away just because he is physically very small um I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you have any any preference for where they land? I I do. I will say this before I hang up and listen to you two. I do think that there's some real genuine close to NHL ready talent in the top five or six guys, which is which is cool. Um, But anyway, Mm -hmm. go ahead. What do you guys think? I like Cooley. Um, He's highly skilled and, and, and a good kid. Um, I, th- I think Wright's the number one guy. I, you know, I didn't say anything. I watched the, the prospects game and thought he was good in that, just as advertised. You know, he had a goal and a breakaway. And the top five is tricky, though. I mean, Cooley has closed the gap in some people's eyes, and some people who follow this stuff closely. Um, the thing I read about Slavkowski is that he hasn't put up amazing numbers in the pro league he's playing in. And then usually mm-hmm. that a guy that would go that high would is what they're saying. So I've never really seen him play. So I can't comment on that, but just reading what other people are saying about him doesn't mean you don't take him. Doesn't mean he's not going to be good. That's just that one little red flag out there. Um, I like Matthew Savoy from Winnipeg, the ice. Yeah. Who apparently are under 30 feet of snow now or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, 30 inches, 30 inches. Yeah. 30 inches. Sorry. I like him a lot, but but like Cooley, he's not the biggest guy, and he has had a few concussions already in his junior career. So I, I don't know if that's something that steers you away. Um, somebody, she, uh, that person mentioned the geeky, the geeky brother. Um, I like him a lot. He, he, I don't know that if he's a, he's a top five guy though. So if you're in the top five, I think that might be a little bit of a stretch. But you never know, right? Just you never know who what scouts and like. Ge- but geeky's uh, like one of the bigger ones in the draft. He's, he's six, six four. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's huge. And you watch his highlights, and it's like it's like, like who let that man out there with those kids? That's how <laughs> he's just like going through people. And he's he's uh, the thing with Geeky is a lot of the knock on him is he's not very fast, but I think it's deceptive because he's so big. Right. You watch him; he doesn't look like he's striding very hard, but he's be, he's getting down the ice faster. So he obviously it's game speed is working somehow because you watch him; he's he's routinely beating guys down the ice uh, with his speed. So, but it, it hardly looks like he's working. So. Um, that can be deceiving. So I don't know. I think you know, I asked Ron Francis before the deadline when he spoke to us all if he thought there were guys at the top of the draft that could go NHL right away. He said, yeah, there are two or three. He said, you know, he said, depends on, you know, we get him to a prospect camp and work them out and see how they'll, you know, they'll probably all have to work on their strength because all these draft picks aren't as strong as they're going to be. I mean, even Beneers talked about that. Yep. Um, so it's going to be really fascinating. I think there's a chance they could end up with a, a, a year one player. If they get the number one pick and take Shane Wright, he's going. He's coming straight here. He's not going anywhere. Yeah. 
Yeah. He's not going back to Kingston or wherever he is. Uh, and then our last question from Danny Gilliland says, I have one in response for tonight's third period. What the hell? <laughs> That's the question. Well, so, good question. I haven't listened to the post-game comments yet because we're recording this right after the game. But mm-hmm. I think at the start they got into some penalty trouble, and I think that kind of got the ball rolling for Calgary. And I frankly, I just think the team fell apart. Yeah. That's it. Plain and simple. All right. That's our that's our mailbag. Thank you so much, everybody who participated in that. Uh, good fun there. I think you all had really, really good questions and some good insights. So uh, we appreciate the, the participation. We're now going to talk a little bit about some college hockey. So uh, obviously this past week we had the Frozen Four, which we know Matty Beniers' Michigan Wolverines were knocked out in uh, the semifinals against Denver University. Denver University was the ultimate champion, the ultimate champion, the eventual champion, I should say. <laughs> uh, Denver wins their ninth uh, NCAA title in school history, which ties the record. Uh, they beat Minnesota State in the final. Minnesota State actually had a 1-0 lead going into the third period, but then Denver kind of blew up in the third and scored five goals. I think they had two empty netters, if I remember correctly on that. Uh, but, uh, you know, it was a pretty good game up until, uh, you know, the last last few minutes of the game, and then all of a sudden Denver kind of ran away with it. Okay, and that's all I have to say about that. Uh, <laughs> on the topic of college hockey, Dryden McKay, who is the very, very uh, successful goalie for Minnesota State, undrafted. He has not been on. He's not been drafted. He's not been signed by any NHL team. Uh, he became the third goalie in the history of the NCAA to win the Hobie Baker Award. So that's a big deal. Do you guys know who the other two were? Mike Richter. No, I don't. Okay. Um, One of them. No. no, one of them retired from the NHL relatively recently, like last couple took, of years. Took a rask. No. <laughs> American. Oh, uh, oh, uh, name totally drawn a blank, but I can picture him. The guy from Buffalo that he went to yeah. Anaheim. Yep. Ryan Miller. Ryan uh, Miller. And the other one was Rob Stauber back in the oh, uh, yeah, late Rob 80s. Stauber. So, um, but yeah, so one thing that's really <laughs> odd about this, though, is that so he wins the Hobie Baker saying that he's literally the best college player in the entire uh, NCAA, right? But then Devin Levi wins the Mike Richter Award <laughs> for the best goalie, which makes no sense to me whatsoever. My head hurt thinking about I, it. I also think... I can't stand how people are getting upset about this. Like, like it's like somebody shot their dog or something. I'm like, not upset is, about it at all. No, I'm just, I'm not it's saying it's you, head, yeah. but other people are like, like, this is ridiculous. This should be totally overhauled. I'm like, who cares? Right. Who cares? <laughs> I, I totally agree. Jeez. I mean, I who really perfect. does care, but, but it is hard to wrap your head around how, uh, you, you know, it's it's a very much like if A then B, if B then yeah. C kind of a thing. Therefore, if A then C. But in this case, we're going like if A then B, if not, B not then really. C, if B then yeah. A, or something like that. It's confusing. The thing is, the, the equation changes because there's more people in the pool, and so all of a sudden you have a more diluted kind of pool, and so it's totally mathematically it can happen. I mean, it's it's not that big of a deal. Okay, like, cool. Yeah. Thank you, Mr. Buzzkill. Uh, <laughs> ben Myers is the top free agent out there from University of Minnesota. He has not signed a contract yet, so still interesting to see uh, where he will land. He's definitely well sought after. Everybody seems to be interested in him. We mentioned we thought that the um, Kraken could be playing uh, playing into that a little bit just because they don't have a, a deep prospect pool. We haven't heard anything indicating that they were going after him or anything like that, but um, we shall see. 
other players that did sign their entry-level contracts, Owen Power uh, and Kent Johnson, so two of Matty Beniers' teammates at Michigan, left. Uh, Power played tonight uh, for Buffalo. He had, I think he was plus two, and he played about 20 minutes, so I saw a couple good defensive plays from him. Uh, Kent Johnson signed with Columbus Blue Jackets. He hasn't played yet. And then from Denver, Bobby Brink signed with uh, Philadelphia. And he had a point in his first game in a 9-2 to loss to the Capitals. So how about that? Excellent. Yep. Last piece of college hockey news before we move on. Hockey East is going to be on ESPN Plus next year, which, John, I know you're you're kind of excited about that just because you get to see a little bit more college hockey in the West Coast. I am. I am. And, you know, you never know if uh, the Kraken draft a Hockey East prospect next year, right? Um, yeah. But it's just – it's nice to get more hockey options. Um, I always have a hard time following college hockey because it's so kind of – inaccessible for a casual fan out here i think i mean certainly if you really are committed to uh college hockey you can pay for subscriptions but it seems ridiculous for do that for each league if you're only going to watch a game a month or something like that um i i love this yep uh okay that's our college hockey talk we now move on to our segments and everyone's favorite segment Bad boys. Uh, Evgeny Malkin has been suspended four games for cross-checking Mark Borowiecki right in the chops. Uh, and Borowiecki's face was already pretty busted up from a rather rough season. So uh, that's just a just another mark for, for Mark. His yeah, name is Mark. He, he tagged him pretty good right in the head, right yeah. in the face. Yep. It was a good one. He got his money's worth. No, no question about it. Um, and, you know, it was one of the... I'm going to say this. This is probably going to be a dinosaur take, but it felt like if you watched the video, it kind of felt like both guys were getting their hands up and Malkin Mm -hmm. just happened to get his hands up first and landed. And he did have his stick up. No question about it. It's absolutely deserving of a, of a suspension. He got him right in the mouth with his stick, but I thought it was interesting. I mean, it could have gone the other way, right? Like Borowitzki could have gotten his stick up first um, and landed and it could have gone the other way. But um, anyway, do you think there's much different? Uh, like uh, Austin Matthews got suspended for for two games for uh, kind of a similar play. Why is this four games? Has Malkin I mean, had some issues before? Though, he, with he he's been yeah he's he's been suspended before, but that was like in 2019. I thought like mm. after a year or something, it's yeah I don't know that expunged or something that from your record, or maybe that's just because that's that's what kind of USA hockey rules are. So. <laughs> yeah. I thought maybe that that was the big difference that this wasn't the first time Malkin's had an incident like this. Yeah. He's been fine several times too. So yeah, Ryan Hartman uh, of the Minnesota Wild <laughs> is expected to be. I'm just guessing he's going to get fined. Uh, he very clearly gave the finger to Evander Kane uh, after after they had a little <laughs> dust up, uh, and it's a pretty funny video. Like it was just clear as day. He's holding up the middle finger. Uh, very, very. Uh, the linesman almost seems like he's trying to get it, knock his hand down. Like, yeah, he's like, oh, you can't do that, you know, that man. You know who that linesman was? Do that. Was it Vaughn? Linesman. Yeah, it was uh-huh. Vaughn. Vaughn so, Rody. Yeah. He's uh, he's there. He is censoring. He's doing everything that he can to protect the good of the game. This this uh, this turned into a war of words in the press after the game yep. too. Like, yeah. So the quote is, uh, "This is Ryan Hartman." He says, "It goes to show we had five guys in there. They didn't have one guy in there to help him." <laughs> Uh, referencing Evander Kane. I don't think any of their guys are going to defend him. He then added that uh, if he's fined for the gesture, it will be, quote-unquote, 
well worth it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the quote for me, but Kane says something about this is what happens with little guys. They always go running to the, to the linesman. Wow. And then, and then talk tough when they're there. Yeah. Uh, that the Hartman quote reminds me of something straight out of Mighty Ducks <laughs> 2, where he's like the Bash Brothers, like, oh, two minutes, yeah. it was worth it. Uh, we now move on to You Don't See That Every Day. Uh, we have two of them. The first one, Freddie Anderson, what was he doing here? Was he trying to like just go in on a breakaway think, or what happened here? Andy? I think it was delayed. I, yeah, either delayed penalty or maybe at the end of the game when he was coming mm. off. I don't, I don't know. Okay. So anyway, he's uh, he's skating through the neutral zone, heading to the bench, <laughs> and the puck just kind of ends up right at his feet. And normally, I think in that situation, a goalie would just kind of let it go. But he like he picked it up with his stick, <laughs> kind of stick handled a little bit, and made a little backhand pass uh, down the boards in his own zone. So um, that was interesting. It was a delayed penalty. Okay. Delayed penalty in the second period because. There you go. Uh, yeah, he had to go to the far bench. Got it. Yeah, that's change. a great that's point. Right, yeah. Great point. So, but you know what's interesting is growing up, I always thought that like there was some rule against if you touch, if you're a goalie and you touch the puck over some point on the ice. And I always thought it was over the blue line, but maybe it's not. It's the red line. It's the it's red, red line. line. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. So interesting. The other you don't see that every day was Brandon Duhame and Brendan Lemieux got in a fight during essentially a goal celebration. The Wild had scored. The horn is going, and like as the goal horn is going, these two dudes drop the gloves and just start throwing punches <laughs> at each other. And so, like, it was this really weird feeling because, like, if you're watching the game, everybody in the arena is, you know, cheering for the goal, and the players are all kind of like high fiving each other, but then they just kind of like stop and just watch these guys fight. It was very <laughs> bizarre. Uh, very bizarre. You don't see that every day. We now move on to our weekly one timers. Our first. Weekly one-timer. Doug Wilson has stepped down as the general manager of the Sharks. Uh, what is the story there, John? Well, he took a leave of absence earlier in the season um, to deal with some health issues. And uh, this is basically a continuation of that. He still have these health issues. I They haven't really revealed what they are, but he is he's obviously stepping down now. Doug Wilson is in the Hockey Hall of Fame as a builder, I believe. One thing to think about, you know, a lot of people, the Sharks aren't, aren't, you know, what they were. But he basically built a perennial playoff team um, mm-hmm. and without ever really rebuilding. Now, you could say maybe he should have with this latest batch. But for the most part, um, he's been one of the more successful general managers and, and probably one of the longest tenured as well. Uh, so, you know, obviously his health is probably the most important thing here. So I'm I, I think we speak for everybody here that we're rooting for him, you know, to, to deal with it. Um, but he does deserve a lot of credit because he was, I mean, I think they missed like the playoffs, like one time in 16 seasons uh, for yeah. a while there. And there's something to be said about that. Cause there's nothing like get having your team in the playoffs. Trust me. <laughs> Our next weekly one timer, the Charlotte checkers have made the playoffs. Officially they clinched it. Uh, and that's all we have to say about that. Our next weekly one-timer, the PHF and the PHFPA have broken off talks to uh, join leagues. Apparently, they were in some sort of negotiations or discussions on that. What's the latest on that, John? Yeah, the NHL kind of um, requested them to meet and kind of see if there's a way that they can, uh, you know, combine efforts and and kind of under one umbrella, one league. But um, the PWHPA has decided to 
go forward with their plans. Sounds like they're going to kind of create their new league. And so now you're going to have this continued um, fragmented pro leagues for women's hockey in North America. So in my humble opinion, rather disappointing. I think we've been kind of tracking this a little bit early, talking Mm -hmm. about a keep an eye on everything post-Olympics because this is when things would move um, post-Olympics because they centralized during Olympics. So PWHAPA is the association um, it's not necessarily a union, but it's it's a lot of the national team members for um, the U.S. and Canada. It's it's technically the more elite team, elite players, uh, but they're going to form their own league, and we're going to have to continue through this fragmented process for a while. So um, anyway, you can kind of get my sense of frustration here. Yep. Our final weekly one timer. <laughs> Drew Doughty is officially out for the season after he had, I believe it was wrist surgery. Uh, Now that's a big, big loss for the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, Drew Doughty, not my favorite player personally, but obviously he's a huge part of that team. Um, And they are, they're a playoff team. I mean, they're, they're fighting. So yeah, they're barely a playoff team. Yeah. They're fighting to stay in it. Um, (laughs) But Vegas is on their heels really. Um, And, and you know, that West is shaping up pretty interesting. So, and the the Kings have been playing basically the, the last ten. They're four, four, and two. So they're not kind of locked in here, where every team behind them is playing a little bit better. So, uh, and a couple of months yeah. ago, it looked like they were going to yep. be shooting, yep. but yeah, so they yep. kind of dropped a little bit. Yeah, and Vegas they got Mark Stone back, and also they have like half their team on long term injured reserve. So their cap <laughs> issue is it's fine. Amazing. It's fine. Yeah. You know, yeah. no no issue there. Nothing to see here. But no, it's their thing is they were neck and neck with Dallas for a while, and Dallas had all these games in hand. But they're now even on games played. But Dallas and Dallas, so Dallas did did accomplish something. They got four points ahead of them. Um, so that's going to be a fun one to watch down the stretch. And yeah, I'm I'm blatantly rooting for Dallas because. <laughs> <laughs> I would enjoy Vegas missing the playoffs. There would be some shot in 40 there that I would gobble up. Uh, we, I thought we weren't going to dance on their grave. No, no. We I'm said not that. dancing on their grave. I'm, I'm enjoying the shot in 40. That's mm-hmm. a completely different thing. Right. I'm just quoting, I'm quoting Darren from last week or the That's week before. <laughs> that wraps up our weekly one-timers. We now move on to our tweets of the week. Andy, your tweet of the week. My tweet of the week comes from friend of the pod, Allison Lucan. Oh, so you may have seen there was a little bit of a Twitter trend last week where people were canceling each other, quote unquote, canceling each other over food takes. So people mm-hmm. were tweeting their food Uh-oh. takes. That would be. So Allison tweeted, Kraft mac and cheese is the best mac and cheese and it's even better cold. And Ooh. this has nothing to do with hockey, but I agree with that a thousand percent. In what? fact, and I and I hesitate telling the story because I shouldn't probably tell the story. Yeah, but I have not. been known to make Kraft mac and cheese and then put the whole pot in the freezer for a while to cool it off quicker. Before yeah, that's it. you don't admit that. No, admit I'm that. I'm speechless. I I have I have no speech. I am speechless. It's so good. Though. Well, for one, I don't think Allison has had Beecher's mac and cheese. Well, you can't any, assume that. Yeah. Uh, I think it's not much of a stretch <laughs> that, that she hasn't had Beecher's mac and cheese. Okay, fair enough. Because it's a Seattle cuisine. Yeah. We'll would ask you, we'll would ask you freeze Beecher's mac and cheese though? Hell no! Yeah, no you eat second. the whole thing <laughs> in a heartbeat because it's so much better with with cold. No, because you know why I know she hasn't had Beecher's mac and cheese. Mm-hmm. Why? It's because of this tweet. Oh, okay, got it. Because if she had, then she would inherently <laughs> there's no know. Way she would, there's no yeah, way. This she would be. Would use... <laughs> yeah, she would get 
she'd really get canceled for that. <laughs> John, what's your tweet of the week? I don't have one. Oh, uh, my tweet of the week comes from Ava Tarrant. Uh, she retweeted an Elliot Friedman tweet. So Elliot Friedman said, uh, so the, the Capitals and the Penguins were about to play each other. So he tweeted out, you know, he always does his like abbreviations. He said, wash slash pit in three minutes. And Ava Tarrant retweeted it and said, when you're kind of stinky, but it's not an emergency. <laughs> wash pit in three minutes so that was oh fun. man that's uh that's pretty awesome good one there uh yeah. we close the show with sound of hockey's three stars andy your star of the week my star of the week has been tormenting the crack in the last couple games mm. yeah and, and it's noah tonight. noah yeah. noah hannafin Mm-hmm. So on Saturday's game, which was what four to two, four to one, four to one. Yep. Uh, Calgary uh, win. He had, yes, four to one, and then five to three. Yeah. So on the four to one game, he had four assists. So he set up all four goals. Three of his assists were primary assists. And then tonight on Calgary's first goal, he had the primary assist. So that's five straight goals he set up. And then, and then he, he scored later. Yeah, then he scored a goal of his own later in the night too, tonight too. So hey, Noah Hannafin has been tormenting the Kraken. And do you know who drafted him? Yes, into that's the what NHL. Yep. Ron Francis. Ron Francis. Ron Francis. Uh, 2015. I like to call First him Hoa Nanafin. Okay. No real reason. It's just one of those names where it good feels to, like good to know. <laughs> you can you can flip flop the first letters. This is, and it's... This is bad as Kraft mac and cheese. <laughs> uh, oh, John, you are putting it in the freezer sometime. It's so good. <laughs> no, John. no, I don't. Not gonna try that. <laughs> your star of the week. Actually, before we get there, uh, Andy, what's your take on Easy Mac? The like three minute kind. You I've never, I've never had that, so okay. I don't have a take. John, your star of the week. My star of the week is Robert Thomas from ah. the St. Louis Blues. Matchbox this guy's a monster. Yep. Uh, ten game point streak, eighteen points over that time. He's he's a, he's, he's a point per game player. Now I don't. I'm not saying Robert Tom or Matty Beniers is going to be Robert Thomas, but I've been high on Robert Thomas since he broke in the league in 2018-2019 season, and he's had moderate success. But this is where he's hitting his stride at age 22, and and I think expectations should be somewhat similar in line with Beniers as far as like he's really going to hit his stride in a couple years, right? We're, we're going to enjoy seeing his development. He's going to wow us a bit, but anyway, Robert Thomas is my guy. I've loved watching him for a while and he's going to be a great playoff uh, watch, if you will. Like he's the type of player that's going to have a great playoff. So keep an eye on Robert Thomas. What do you think of him as a singer? <laughs> I was just going to ask that. <laughs> nothing nothing john okay what? wait no no i don't get it oh what? rob thomas the singer of matchbox 20 i you know i made the joke oh, come on uh, i don't listen to matchbox 20 jeez i know you're way too cool but neither, for that. neither did yeah. do i yeah. but i understood the joke yeah okay uh let's see sure, my sure Andy star doesn't listen to him. Yeah, is, I, couldn't, I couldn't tell yeah. you one matchbox yeah 20 song. apparently you can name the lead singer though yeah because i saw darren's joke <laughs> My star is Austin Matthews. Ever heard of this guy? Austin Matthews, man. What band does he sing for? 
Uh, he sings for <laughs> Justin Bieber. But yeah, backup oh, backup yeah, singer yeah. for Justin Bieber. He. <laughs> so, that's that's, that's I that. never mind. <laughs> this this is another one of those weeks where I have just seen nothing but Maple Leafs crap on my timeline. So I've I've finally drilled it into my brain that what Austin Matthews did was impressive. Uh, he scored 50 goals in his last 50 games. Actually, I think it was 51 goals in 50 games. Um, so that is that is truly impressive. A goal per game. For fifty goal for fifty games, I do have to say that that is genuinely, genuinely impressive, uh, and I believe he has now tied or set the new Maple Leafs record for uh, goals in a season. So that set. is actually impressive. Set. set. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. Yeah. What was the what was the the, the mark that Tamas Lani like threw his glove up and pretended to shoot it? Seventy. He had seventy plus. Was goals. that seventy? I, I think so. Sixty. I thought it was sixty and sixty, but I, don't but, know. I can't remember. Uh, but I he, had, he had seventy. Yeah. He had seventy plus goals though in the season as a rookie, which is bonkers. Uh, so why, so why can't Beniers do that next year? I don't know. I don't see why <laughs> that's not. Valid, yeah. yeah, that's valid. Very reasonable yeah. to set that expectation. I think. Yeah. Why not? Our honorable mentions are Chris Kreider, who enters the 50-goal club for the first time in his career. What nice. a season he is having. Uh, like Johnny him. Gaudreau, who hit his 100-point mark. I They said on the broadcast tonight uh, that he is the first flame in like 20-something years to have 100 points. So uh, good for him. Future crack on Johnny Lube, Gaudreau. Hakan Lube didn't do it. Hakan Lube didn't do it. I don't think so. I don't think so. And technically he got to 101 points and I mm-hmm. had two points. Yep. Uh, and that is that. So those are our three wait, stars. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. Just real quick, since we've got some honorable mentions, how about Anthony DeClaire having 30 goals this year? His yeah. first first time That's he's pretty hit badass, that, actually. That yeah. Yeah. We, yeah, we've, we've been kind of tracking him for a couple of years, right? So it's nice to see him kind of continued success. Well, and what's cool about Anthony Duclair is like, you think about how many different teams he bounced around to. And we had even asked the question on this podcast, right? It's like, what is the deal with Anthony Duclair? Why can't he stick with a team? So uh, it is, you're right, John. It's really cool to see that he's, he's kind of found a home and he's having some really good success there. So and congratulations. Said he couldn't play hockey. Remember that? Ah, yeah. Not nice. So those are our three stars and some honorable mentions. Uh, one last note, the Seattle International Film Festival is coming up, and they do have a hockey uh, movie that's going to be playing. Thank you to Aaron Bregel for the uh, little tip on this. Uh, mm. They're going to have a, a movie called Hockey Land, which is about a rivalry in northern Minnesota high school hockey uh, for Eveleth, which uh, I do know the background there. Eveleth was like the powerhouse way back in the day, like many, many decades ago. Um, and they have a really shrinking population there because it's like the Iron Range and stuff so um i think it looks like Sweet. it's gonna nice. be pretty interesting um but they're gonna play yeah. that at sif so maybe uh maybe check that out uh that wraps up our show uh thank you so much to all the folks that participated in the mailbag uh please as i mentioned leave your five-star review on apple Podcasts. we'll read it on the next show subscribe on our new youtube channel uh also subscribe to the podcast on uh, apple Podcasts, spotify and stitcher we will talk to you all next week for episode 184 Cheers. Yeah, we just-